Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a simple man. Don't need much. The only thing I ask for from time to time is a cold beer and a nice, big, beautiful pair of boobs to rub my face in. But sometimes, life as a midnight rider gets lonely. And the moon gets light, and the wolves are howling through the hills. I put on my Bro History podcast. It's the best goddamn podcast in the world. They talk about history, culture, geopolitics, everything that you'd want to talk about in this lonely, lonely world. Make sure you like and subscribe it. Or just go on the way in. Welcome to BrewHistory.com Hi, Danny. Yo, yo, yo. What's good? What's going on, man? Chilling, man. How about you? I'm doing well. So what we're talking, we're talking about planes today. And I'll be completely honest. I mean, I think we should go back a little bit, probably mark this part as a place where we shouldn't start off in terms (laughs) of content. But I guess the story that we have, everyone, the entire world has been following right now. It's probably the biggest story in international news. Um, Still seems to be what's going on with Khashoggi. Um, obviously that's the right journalist and, you know, I've been covering it. We've been covering it. Even Judah has been contributing on this mm-hmm. as well. Uh, it's a pretty strange story, I think for many people, but for people who have been Saudi watchers and people who have been Saudi alarmist, uh, like myself, it's really no big surprise. And people are, uh, like me are having almost kind of like a, uh, a, a, a perplexed feeling on it, how people are surprised that the Saudis killed a journalist. Right. I mean, it's it's not a surprise, at least not in my opinion, but <laughs> we, we might have the same opinion on this. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's interesting that we bring this back up because not too long ago, uh, you know, you did a, a an episode on your own and, you know, you kind of cautioned everyone to like not jump to conclusions, like we don't know what happened exactly. Um, but I even think that you had your suspicions that, you know, this was, this was definitely like a, like an inside job. Would you agree with that? Well, what do you mean? We don't know what it was yet. Like I, do you, do you mean that I was doubting if the Saudis killed them or not? 
Uh, I guess maybe we'd have to go back and review it. Maybe we can even put in uh, a quote from from uh, uh, that exact podcast. But you know, you, you exercise some caution, um, and and I think that um, you know we didn't know all the details then. We didn't know who was up to it. Of course, everyone had their suspicions, but now we, we pretty much know. You know, the Saudis outed themselves. They said, "Yep, he died. Uh, he died in a fight in the consulate," which is super hard to believe. Um, maybe we could just talk about that for a bit, you know, about that, that premise. So they've gone from, it didn't happen. He didn't die here. We don't know where he is to, yeah, he died in the consulate, but it was, he died in a fight. What do you think of that? So let me just clear something up real quick. So I never doubted that the Saudis killed him. I've always, I always suspected that. And as soon as he died, it was obviously the Saudis killed him. It was an inside job. What the point I was trying to make in a previous episode was we don't know the reason why he was killed. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. He is a right, very, very, point. he, I think people were jumping to the conclusion that he was just a dissident and that's why the Saudis killed him. Like he was just your standard dissident who was criticizing M, um, MBS and criticizing, well, became an eventual critic of the war in Yemen. He was actually very pro war Yemen um, in like 2015, 2016. Uh, I mean, the guy was a Saudi nationalist his entire life. He, what I was saying was that we don't know why he was killed. It's some inside Saudi type stuff. Like, like no one's ever really going to know the true and real reasons why he was why he got into a fist fight with a bunch of Saudi special ops forces. I mean, if a fist fight with one man versus 15 is in a fist fight, that's, that's a jumping. No, he went there swinging. He went there swinging and raging. This this 60 year old Washington post journalist. Yeah. Oh man, that's fucked up, dude. Uh, Um, He's a Khashoggi was, you just got to look at who he was and, 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 um, his close relationship with the inner works and like, you know, the Saudi media and the Saudi Royal family, he was a, essentially he was an Osama bin Laden handler in the eighties. So he was an Al Qaeda, he was an Al Qaeda, he was an Al Qaeda handler in the eighties. Like he followed him around and that romanticized trip when, um, when uh, Osama bin Laden was fighting with the Mujahideen against the Soviets. Right. He was a huge Saudi nationalist. He was a, a advisor for for Prince Turkmen, who was the uh, um, on some I think it was the Council of Intelligence or head of intelligence. He was a very high ranking or or not high ranking because he wasn't officially part of the government. He was a journalist, but he was very inter interwined in the royal family and its inner politics. So my suspicion, and it was then, was that he was killed for some type of inner Saudi reason. Can you still hear me right now? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. Okay, my computer just like did a weird thingy. But yeah, my conclusion was that he he was killed for, for something that goes way further than just being your typical dissident. When yeah, he probably the Saudis, probably when the Saudis for example, when this, so um, the Saudis killed one of their she, uh, one of the, their minority leaders, uh, 
like minority leader, not as in a political party, minority leader as in a actual religious minority religious leader, a Shiite, a Shiite um, a leader. Yeah, we're not talking about Nancy Pelosi. Of, yeah, we're not talking about Republicans versus Democrats. We're talking <laughs> yeah. about a, an actual marginalized group. Um, the Shiites in Saudi Arabia are what would be in any standard a marginalized group. Uh, when he, when the Saudis had this guy publicly executed, Khashoggi defended it. Khashoggi has been a very has been a strong Saudi nationalist, especially against some topics like Iran. Um, with like things like public beheadings, Khashoggi was not a progressive guy. Like he wasn't in the U. I mean, he was talking about progressive reforms, and he was um, actually praising Mohammed bin Salman when he initially was said he was going to bring these reforms. He said it was due, but if you look at him, some things that he wrote in, in his in his entire body of work, this guy is not some. Uh, you know Nelson Mandela type character, somebody who who who's been fighting for progress his entire career. He's a he's a Saudi yuppie who got whacked for something, whether it's something that he knew, something that he said, somebody who he supported in the big purge last year. It could have been any number of things. So that's what I meant when I said don't jump to conclusions. It's not he's not just some some random dissident that they're that they're that they're trying to make a, an example with he is somebody who's very interconnected with this the saudi royal family who was very close to some members of the royal royal family that were purged last year and who's had a lot of experience working with al-qaeda so i'm just saying a lot of these weird things you'd really have to dive into the evidence and and to, to, to really figure out what exactly happened um that's 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 what i was trying to say I don't that's know. a fair. That's a that's a fair point. Maybe I'm mischaracterizing the yeah. beginning. Yeah, um, not by no means do I think the Saudi. Like I'm not speaking in terms of of how Trump essentially sees the situation or how he claims to see the situation. As in, you know, oh, don't jump to conclusions. We're selling a lot of weapons to him. Well, now, I want to like, get into that. Eventually, yeah, I know that's but, a, but that's, that's, <laughs> coming that's back. The, that's the main topic that we really wanted to get into anyway. However, yeah. no, I mean, um, coming, coming back to it, I think you, you make a really good point. And the point is that, you know, uh, this guy Khashoggi, you know, he, he, it's obviously terrible that he was killed, but um, I think a lot of people would be surprised to hear, you know, of his connections uh, to the Saudi royal government or even more heinously, like uh, you make the charge that he was a, a, a bin Laden handler. Uh, in that respect, and how how hawkish he was, you know, in, in his in his larger body of work, uh, especially in, in in topics of like you know against Iran and things like that. So I think that's that's a lot of really that's 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 a lot of context, and and you're you're absolutely right. We can only speculate as to what what the reason is uh, that he was murdered. Um, what I'm super interested in is um, kind of the Saudi reaction. You know, and like how they've handled this whole situation because, you know, they started off straight up lying. They said, nope, didn't happen. We didn't do it. Fake news, right? Um, and and now they're like, yeah, okay, fine. It happened. But yeah, we did it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, like, it's like, like, it's akin to like, like OJ Simpson writing a book, If I Did It. It's like they, and, and I guess where this gives me so much pause, and you kind of mentioned it briefly earlier, but, you know, it's like, the, the big reason why Trump isn't doing shit about this and why a lot of Americans are weary about doing anything 
meaningful about this is that uh, you know we have a huge arms deal with uh, with Saudi Arabia, um, and we're selling them a whole lot of weapons. You know, and that creates jobs. That that's the it's absolutely true. You know, I think you know the figure that I heard somewhere was like it it could create up to a million jobs. Right? Why would we want to throw away a million jobs? Uh, I think <laughs> I saw this one on Reddit, so this isn't original, but a uh, funny joke was like Robert Pattinson. You know that the the televangelist dude. Uh, he was saying, um, you know, we, we, we shouldn't do anything about it. Like, why would we tarnish our reputation, our, you know, our way of life, you know, all this other stuff on one guy. And it's like, funny, dude, we're supposed to believe that as Christians, that <laughs> the one dude, you know, uh, that was killed, uh, made her break the whole situation. So I, I don't know. I thought that was, uh, kind of an interesting juxtaposition, but I digress. Uh, we're selling them weapons, right? A lot of weapons. Good weapons too. I think Trump is is on record for saying like, hey, you know, if uh, we don't sell them the weapons, then they'll go to Russia and they'll go to China and and their weapons aren't as good as ours because we got the best in the world. But they'll go and they'll get their weapons, you know. And my charge is like, go for it, bro. If our weapons are that good, like, why should we give these bullies our weapons? Why are we giving them the most expensive and potentially the most advanced fighter? ever created i just don't understand it why are we arming why are we arming the bullies and I, i'm sounding like such a liberal here but <laughs> no i just think, doesn't I make sense i don't think i don't think that's a liberal statement I, I think that's honestly the majority i think most conservatives i speak to as well feel almost ex, you know feel the same way i think there's there's actually some unity between between Democrats and Republicans Finally. on the same issue. <laughs> Finally, I think something we can more, agree on. <laughs> more, more and more that we, you know, people really haven't been following the story in Yemen over the past three years. Um, it's really only been coming to light for the majority of the public and how horrible the war in Yemen has been. Uh, not just in, in terms of you know Saudi bombing raids, but as far as just the blockades. And all the starvation that's going on in Yemen, as well as the, you know, the cholera that's broken out, and how, I believe, it's, I mean, last time I checked, there was about seventy percent of all the all the foreign aid imports are coming into one port, and it's it's just it's an absolute humanitarian crisis. It's a quagmire now, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and um, I think most, I, I I really I can't find somebody to to morally agree that it's, it's actually a good thing to like, it's morally right to arm the Saudis. You know, it's really kind of funny because, um, you know, Trump's like, we can't not sell. Yeah. I know these guys are bad, but they're buying weapons from us. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're buying, like they're, but they're buying weapons the from us. Is always right, right? The customer is always right. No, yeah, I mean, exactly. I, I get it. The, the customer is always right. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, the 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 argument on that other side is that okay, there is obvious economic advantage for us, and you know, when it comes down to it, yeah, maybe it's possible that we would lose a lot of jobs if we soured a deal with Saudi Arabia. But I will say this, uh, of that, what, like something like 400 million billion, uh, in arms sales, it's not all committed. And a lot of it is from previous administrations. Like these are deals that were struck in the Obama administration. So this isn't new money. This is money that we already set up. And 
to be honest, I think it's something like only 4% of it is like signed off for. The rest of it is still up in the air. That's the estimation. Yeah. That's the estimation of how much we will make. So we're not even saying we have their signature. They cut us the check already. We're in production and we'd lose a million jobs. No, the issue is that we would lose potential new jobs that would be created once that money comes in and once the checks are signed and we cash them. Like, so that's like, like if we really want to be critical about it, yeah, it would suck to lose a lot of jobs and it'd be bad for the economy, but those don't exist yet. Why don't we focus our, our directives in trying to create jobs that aren't building weapons for human rights violators? And you actually hit on a really good point right there. That's that is true. That the what the uh, the word or the quote that's being said is or thrown out there is a hundred and ten billion dollar arms deal. There's no signed contract for a hundred billion dollars from Saudi Arabia to right. You know, Sorry, US I said four hundred billion. It's, <laughs> it's not that at all. That's right. just that that is an estimate. Most people don't know that. So I'm really glad you actually brought brought that up. But um, I guess the this leads into our, our main topic, um, the the F thirty five plane. Where where does that fit into this whole this whole quagmire? Our our newest, our most expensive. It's at this point, it's our most expensive military project ever, right? Yeah, it's the most expensive military thing. Period, uh, in the history of everything. Um, yeah, so it fits in because the Saudis are buying a bunch of them. I actually forget how many. I think it's 24, um, but they're buying a lot of them. Um, and 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 I'll definitely bring this up a little bit later when we talk more about like warplanes in general, but I, I find it kind of crazy that we're selling our dopest, apparently our dopest technology to, to anyone, well, well, pretty much anyone who's willing to buy it. And and that the, the, the driving economical like uh, um, plan or, or strategy is just like, sell this shit to everyone, you know, like, I don't know, whatever happened in having, keeping a tactical advantage over, over everyone. <laughs> I don't know. It, that's personal opinion. Anyway, how it fits in is that we're selling them a bunch of them, a lot, a whole lot of them. Um, and, uh, and the F-35, like I, I originally wanted to do a, a show on like the history of warplanes and maybe we'll actually do one. Um, but I, a, after looking into this F-35 situation, it's so interesting and so fucked up and so cool like i just i just had to focus on on just the current gen of fighters that we have available um i definitely want to talk a lot about the f35 because i think it's super interesting but i also want to talk a lot about um some other some other warplanes as well that are that are currently like flying around right now um but yeah, what are what are the what are the uh, i guess the jet fighters that are currently in service right now because I don't think most people know. Yep. Um, I think we're – so the, the generation conventions are really weird. It, like, depends on where you're reading them. Um, so we're in – depending on where we're you look, we're, we're in the fifth generation. But there are a lot of – like, for example, Air Force Magazine has has us up to 4++. Plus plus, and then F-35 and F-22 are both in the generation 5. But, like, most of the planes that are out there and flying around and being used right now actively are either – somewhere between four and five generation four and five and they're, and they're categorized sometimes by like the years that they came out they're categorized sometimes by like what technology uh they utilize um 
and sometimes they're categorized just by um uh uh, uh well actually that that's pretty much it <laughs> um but uh yeah so we're, so I don't know. Would it be helpful for me to talk about like generations of, of fighters and like how they? No, work? definitely. Most people don't. I don't think most people understand that, that. That I mean, I don't really understand the the gen how the generation system works. I know that's like a major way that they they classify jet fighters. I, I really don't know anything about. I mean, I really know next to nothing about planes in general. I'm not smart. I'm not. I'm not a smart guy. <laughs> I'm not. Smart. Um, however, <laughs> I know that like the fourth generation planes they began in like the 70s. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like that's when they started going into service. And like the first couple fourth generation ones were like the the F-15 Eagle and the F-16 Fighting Falcon, and then mm -hmm. the uh, the F-A-18 Hornet. Um, which one? Which one was the one that Tom Cruise? Do you know which one? Uh, Tom Cruise. I think it was the Tom had. Hat. Tomcat. Yeah, the Tom. Yeah, I don't remember the uh, the model number of it. It's, uh, I think it was F fourteen. I could be wrong about that. Don't don't quote me. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, so so you're right, and it just it just depends on what you're looking at. So uh, when I'm looking at the dates, there's an aerospace web um, uh, kind of classification. So first gen is pretty much 1945 to 55 right that's like the shit they were making in world war ii right like right, the first like, generation planes are the stuff that the germans were making and like in, the mig the british like the russian mig 15 or the american f f86 or you know um things like that they're there's uh, piston engine fighters right and the thrust uh, maybe a couple of like early jet engines but definitely all subsonic meaning go they fly slower than the speed of sound um and like no radars and just all conventional like armaments things like guns bombs dead dumb rockets you know things like that uh after that it's like uh 55 to 60 and that's kind of when supersonic um comes into play right so again supersonic meaning the planes fly faster than the speed of sound that's where we get the mock um you know mock one mock two mock three uh, uh i thought i was a razor blade <laughs> well it is uh but when you're shaving um they move faster than the speed of sound depending on how many blades you have right uh, but <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Gillette Mach Five. It's like, um, so but uh, Mach, but but Gillette, we would definitely take you as a sponsor. Oh no, seriously, um, if you're listening, <laughs> if you want to give us some money, that's that'd be great. Um, you can get an ad spot right after Butt Scratcher. <laughs> but continue. Uh, so supersonic comes into play Gen Two. Uh, that's when the first air-to-air -air missiles come out, um, which is pretty exciting. As well, I mean full disclosure war is bad and killing is bad but it's pretty badass uh that they created these these air-to-air -air missiles um and uh like mirage threes uh from dissault the french ones mig 21s and 19s are in there f10 102 through 106 uh american made ones uh those are the planes gen 3 this is when like multi multi-purpose fighter bombers come out right so uh rather than just an airplane fighting an airplane. This is when, you know, uh, an airplane could fight another airplane, but also maybe bomb a, you know, a, a, a bunker, but also maybe hit a ship, you know, like a, a bunch of like multi-purpose fighters come out um, into play there. That's, you know, F4, F5, F8 uh, for the US, MiG-23, MiG-25, MiG-27s. But it's also when the Sukhois come out. Uh, and I want to talk about the Sukhois because um, th these are just badass airplanes from the Russians. Um the Mirage 2000 comes out around there as well. Um, and then, uh, so Gen 4, and that now we're kind of like in in uh, the range of where we're, where we're starting. Yeah, like the because oldest. like the, 
the the F. I'm sorry if I interrupted you, but like the yeah. F, like the planes that we built in the '70s, like right. I guess that's the beginning of Gen Gen Four, right? They're still in service. Yeah, like, a lot for of the them. most part, yeah. they're still in service. Yeah, a lot of them. So we're talking about um, th- this is when they start emphasizing maneuverability over speed, right? So like they they were like, okay, cool, we can fly faster than the speed of sound. What's you know what else can you do? So that's when they start using uh, a lot of interesting ways of thrust, um, like how to position the the thrusters in the planes to make them move faster and and how to uh, um they've really figured out like the the thrust to weight um uh, uh ratios to make them just like make, make them be able to turn on a dime basically um so f4 f5 f8 i was saying before excuse me f14 f15 f16 and fa18 and that's the the multi-role there uh from the u.s mig 29 and mig 31 is there, but also the Sukhoi like the Sukhoi line, uh, comes out this uh, Su um, twenty seven and the Su thirty threes. Those are some pretty badass fighters, and they they kind of um, built the platform like the the platform for the the, the most current ones uh, there. Uh, but there's a, a bunch of other ones like the Japanese made Mitsubishi F two is up there, uh, and I think I mentioned Mirage two thousand one generation two earlier, but that one came out at the same time. Um, also, uh, Chinese, uh, jet Chengdu J J 10. That's, uh, also in the, in the fourth generation. That's, that's when they started really, um, making planes, uh, to start fighting, uh, gen. F- okay. So this is aerospace web again. So this might be like gen four plus or gen four plus plus. It really just depends on what you're looking at, but we're, that's when we start going for, okay. It's super maneuverable. It's got like Doppler radar. So you can spot other planes everywhere. Uh, and or like sensor fusion and i'll talk about that a little bit later but it's basically like like here's your radar here's your infrared here's your other things and just combine them all together um uh so that's when eurofighter typhoon comes out the su-30 uh the rafale uh f-18s uh all the badass planes um but then the the four plus plus uh, this this gets super weird. I hope I'm not boring you. <laughs> um, but that's when they start touching on like stealth tech. Uh, the SU thirty five, which I really want to talk about, is on there. Um, the the F fifteen Silent Eagle is on there, which is just like a F fifteen remake uh, with some stealth technology. Uh, but you're absolutely right when you said like F. Uh, excuse me, Gen four is when we started building these dope ass planes uh, that are still in service today and that are being like re-winged or re-electronic uh, to still fly around and fight now. Yeah, and, and like, so a project like the F-35 right now, it's obviously, it, it's it's a uh, polarizing topic to say the least, the F-35. You know, a lot of people are up, a lot of people are just like, what the, what are we doing right now? It seems almost like a boondoggle. Like the project started back in the nineties, right? There was like a big, yep. there was like a big bid um, from, I believe, the Air Force. Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay, actually, this is much more interesting than just the Air Force. So, okay, um, so we've got a ton of ton of different planes, and they all do like very specific things. Uh, and as the gens have been going on, they've been reducing the number of airplanes that do different things like before you would need like the one airplane that could fit on an aircraft carrier you know um that i I forget exactly which models of those are the f-15s i believe or i could be wrong um but uh you know you got the 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 marines who wanted uh you know harrier jets so a harrier um is an airplane that can literally take off and land vertically like a fucking helicopter but it's got like this like internal engine in the middle and it's just like 
floats. It's weird, dude. It's it's super weird. But they needed that for like you know specific situations that the Marines needed. And then you know we also got like like the Air Force wanting like uh, a plane to have like air superiority, right? Like some something they could dogfight, something they could sense you out, like uh, um, uh, pick up on other airplanes from really really far away. So we've got three different giant branches of the military: the the Air Force, the Marines, and the Navy, all wanting different things. But they but they somehow came up with the genius idea uh, to make a joint strike fighter. And that was in the 90s. So they started planning that in the 90s. And they were all like, yeah, let's do this. They, they brought it to Congress. Congress loved the idea. Um, and they picked Lockheed Martin uh, to work on this project. And Lockheed Martin made a lot of big claims, right? So one of the big claims that they said was, all right, cool. Since we have one airplane instead of five airplanes, um, the parts will all be interchangeable. So it'll be more economic, right? So like, let's say I need a fuselage for this jet, right? Uh, I could be like, hey, Marines, could I get a fuselage, right? Or we might just be able to make a bunch of fuselages uh, and it'll fit on whichever plane needs it, right? So it's economic. It's like, you know, sharing parts. It's good. And they said that they would try to get it to 80% parts um, compatibility. And right now the studies are looking like they're only at about 25% part compatibility, which... Wait, wait, so, so, so what does that So what does that mean? compatibility parts compatibility you mean like different parts won't work with different planes that's or? right that's, that's right so like imagine imagine having uh like a honda civic right <laughs> honda civics are no notoriously like famous for being stolen in the u.s because so many people have them and the parts are so ubiquitous and you can sell them sell those parts on the black market if you if you steal a honda right um so like if you got one Honda Civic, these parts are going to fit for a lot of different Honda Civics in a lot of different years, you know, across a lot of different spectrums, as opposed to like different cars that maybe you can't actually change them, right? So the tires might be different. The the rims might be different. The, you know, the, the fucking fenders might be different. Like everything is different. Um, so what, when I say part compatibility, I mean either electronics or like uh, I'm pretty sure the the big components like fuselages are compatible with one another, uh, with the exception of of course of the um, the variant of the F-35 that has foldable wings. There's the F-35 is actually three different planes, not one, which is the first um, kind of lie. <laughs> uh, there are three variants: the A, B, and C. Like a, B, and C, right? Right. Yeah. A, B, and C. And I forget which one's which, but uh, the one for the for the uh, um, Air Force is just like all the best, like air-to-air -air tech the one for the um navy uh, has the capability of of taking off uh, on a aircraft carrier and has fold folding tip wings uh and the one that's for the marines is has has a harrier like system where it could land vertically but i don't think it can take off vertically so crazy shit so they got three complete uh, similar ish planes but most of the components that go in there like 80 percent of the components don't work with each other so the economic idea of let's make one plane that we can switch parts out of you know across the board you know i guess a, a better analogy would be like the difference between ios and android right so like if i have a ios phone or, or whatever all the apps all the ecosystem all the plugs everything like that is all the same as opposed to if you're on an android like i might have a USB-C charger or i might have a micro usb charger who knows, right? Those things can't be compatible with one another, you know? Um, so I, I digress.
Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Does that kind of answer your question on on uh, <laughs> what part compatibility means? Yeah, it sounds exactly like how Apple changes its charger every single fucking year <laughs> to make you have to buy a new charger. That's what it sounds like. We'll get ready because they're probably going to move their newest iPad onto the USB-C connection, which is pretty standard now on Android. Uh, but it'll make it like the first time that they'll have a wire that'll work for both Android and iOS. So I'm, I can't wait. Unity, man. <laughs> we're, we're, I we're- mean, l- listen, I'm no expert on planes at all. However, like when I hear about the stories about the F-35 right now and all the issues and how expensive it is, I'm not, I mean, just looking at like in in an economic sense Mm -hmm. and looking at the spreadsheet, like if someone showed me like, oh, this is what you're buying, the F-35, it's been, you know, however many years since we've been, we've been working on this project and it's estimated that it cost, you know, trillions of dollars. It's the most expensive project from the military project of all time. I would shit my pants. I would say, "Are you fucking kidding me? What the hell is this?" And it's like I now I heard about stories about how like the planes are falling out of the sky and stuff, and there's all sorts of issues. And and they're getting you know, the whipped, whole thing with they're getting whipped in simulations too, even from like older gen fighters, and it's it's fucking crazy. Um, <clears throat> I'll, I'll stick up for the F thirty five in a bit, but let's let's shit on them some more for a second. It sounds like when you want to criticize, when you when you are taking a hit or taking a shot at the military industrial complex, the MIC. Oh boy, oh boy, Alex Jones territory. <laughs> um, when you want to, it's like a classic example that you know a lot of libertarians are going to are use as what's wrong with the military industrial complex. They're not necessarily trying to make the best military technology. They're more so trying to make the most expensive military technology. It's a good point. And I'm glad you brought that it, up. Yeah. That, that's what it, that's what it sounds like to me. Just just looking at it, because it almost sounds like a Bowflex, like the Bowflex. <laughs> yes. of, yeah, it's like the like one a, thing, the one home gym, and it folds up, and it's supposed to replace all the other gyms, but it's god awful expensive, and it doesn't really work that well. It's like you can do one thing really well or a couple things really well, but doing everything really well, it just sounds it sounds like a plane that 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 uh you know specializes in one thing is gonna whip it whenever it has a, a chance in like a simulation or an actual competition. Right. Um I mean, go on to the point that you were gonna say. No, no, no. I think you brought up a really good point. It's like I think Lockheed Martin just like sold the shit out of them, out of the U.S., out of all of us, really, because we're taxpayers are paying for this shit. Um, so, uh, I mean, you and I were both in sales, and you and I both remember how it's sometimes, uh, you know, a thing that salespeople will oversell a product, right? So I already talked about part compatibility, right? So. We already know that the parts don't actually, you know, uh, line up for all the different models, and that sucks. Another thing that they said was that the the per flight hour uh, cost, like the cost to operate these things, uh, would be less than 
uh, uh, older generation models. And actually, they're twice as expensive. So I think it's like the F-15 costs like $16,000 per flight hour to maintain, whereas the F-35 is right now like a $20,000 per flight hour cost. The life cycle cost, meaning like how much it would cost to maintain over the, I don't know, 20, 30 years that they'd be in service, uh, is way, way higher than than the life cycle costs now of, of fighters that we were using that we still use to a certain capacity from like the seventies, you know? Um, and the big one is, is how they politically manu- how they politically engineered this thing to not be able to fail. Uh, and, and by failure, I mean, they pull the plug on the program. I don't mean like failure as in the plane isn't good. Cause some people might argue that, that the plane is a failure. Um, so what Lockheed Martin did is, they actually set up their manufacturing for this plane across 47 states and nine countries. I'm going to say that again, 47 states, nine different countries. And they didn't do this for some like, you know, economic reason. Like it was che- It's cheaper to build, you know, F-35 tires in Florida and it's cheaper to build the engines in Texas. No, that's not the case. They did this on purpose because politically, you don't want to be the senator that says, I want to kill this deal. It's costing way too much money because you'd be sacrificing actual jobs in your own state. So imagine 47 states. That is the overwhelming majority of, of senators. And it's also in nine countries. So it's like you know, Trump being like, oh, we can't cross the Saudis because we have this business relationship with them. Imagine if we pull the plug in those nine other countries that were contracted to do all this work, like they're not going to be very happy either. So it's both domestic and international interests are aligned in, and I might also add three major military uh, uh, branches all aligned to get this one fighter made, regardless of how expensive it is, regardless of how well it turns out. Like that's the political and, and economic like underpinning, I should say overpinning, because this is literally the only reason why it still exists. Well, all right. So you said it's getting whipped in simulations. So like by older models yeah, by, or by older by birds, new- like F-15s are whipping it. Um, I mean, you mentioned like some of them are falling out of the sky uh, due to like avionics issues, but um, I digress. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not faster than other planes. Definitely not faster than some some of these Russian planes like the the Sukhoi Su thirty five or fifty seven for that matter. They're not faster. They're not more maneuverable. They're they're heavier. Um, where they have the most advantage, and this is where I'll start to to kind of back them up, is in this ridiculous technology. Their computational ability is ridiculous. Their stealth is ridiculous. What is what is, what does computational mean? Okay, because uh, I don't. I have no idea what that means. Yeah. No. So so. Um, so think about like the difference between the first generation of iPhone and the current like iPhone 10s Max that we have, right? Like, yeah. You think about the processing power. Think about the amount of things that it can do. Think about okay, like, I I get you. Like it's it's like so so another thing that that a lot of people are upset about is that this this F thirty five plane has has a helmet, um, and it's the dopest, craziest, awesomest tech. But this helmet uses a thing called sensor fusion, right? And it basically makes like a like a an augmented reality look. Like there's no dashboard; it's all in the helmet, right? And they can actually look through their plane. Like if the person's below you, if if the enemy jet is below you, you can look down and you can see the jet. 
even though you're looking at probably your lap because it overlays that reality over the you know the real reality that's what's called augmented reality thing cost a half a million dollars by the way <laughs> the, the helmet um but they're so dope so these things all right so let's talk about stealth for a second so the stealth is is just unparalleled uh one of the best fighters out there right now, arguably, is and, let, and let's be clear. Let's be clear about what stealth is. I think a lot of people, when you say the word stealth plane, they imagine a cloaking device. <laughs> uh, well, it's like an electronic cloaking device. Let's put it that way. Um, so, like, if you can look up and in, in the sky and 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 it's flying at an altitude that the human eye can see, you can still absolutely see it with your eyeballs. Um, but if it's moving fast enough or high enough, you're not going to see it with your eyes and you're certainly not going to see it on radar because of what's called a radar cross section, right? And that's, that's the little blip that would pop up on a radar, you know, like you might've seen like a bunch of like old movies where, you know, they're like, oh, we've got an incoming bogey and there's like a little blip on the, on the radar. Well, the cross section of a, an awesome jet called the Sukhoi SU-37 is like the size of a, I don't know of a bed, right? Or like a dinner table or something like that, right? It's not, it's, it's like a one and a half meters, right? The cross section of the F-35 from all angles is like the size of an insect. So when it's like the difference of seeing like an insect on the radar or like a, a table flying around in the air, you're obviously going to pick out the table well before you pick out the, the insect. You're probably never going to pick up the insect. It is so stealthy, meaning that the radar systems that we currently employ all over the world to detect aerial threats just cannot see it. Sounds like a, uh, I don't know, stealth stealth technology sounds almost, I don't know. I just, I'm not smart enough to get it, maybe. I don't like saying that, but it sounds made up to me, stealth. <laughs> when you say like stealth technology, all oh, this has like stealth RCS, you know, 0. 0.0004. Like four, I feel like it's just like a word that I feel like it's like a uh, like almost like a made up like like gym term like this has this much protein synthesis or stuff like that. I don't know. That's just me being like a very big. So I'm sure you've, skeptic you've, you've, on pl- you've played like Battleship before, right? And, like the board game, yeah, the board game, right? And you know that there was that that little like Corvette, the little tiny one that was just like two pegs. Big, yeah. Right. Okay. That's I understand what you're saying. Right. The, the, so so on, on Battleship, it's like a little radar. Right. And and like that's the idea of the game. Right. And obviously the big battleship, like the, the, the aircraft carrier, you'll probably get a hit on it. Like you're more likely to get a hit on the battle on the aircraft carrier than you are on that tiny little Corvette. Right. Um, so when we talk about stealth, we're talking about something that that, you know, really stealthy planes will show up on the radar as this little tiny thing, right? And the F-35 is almost, it's almost invisible. Like you, you cannot see it. So it's like, you can, you well, can, how about have, have they, have they compared it to like the, the S-300 or the S-400? Like, yeah. What, is it, what does the okay. simulation say on so, that? Cause that's what, uh, that's what S- they're yeah, so, so it's for, like, for everybody that's listening, S-300 and S-400, he's referring to a land-based anti-aerial rocket like system it's basically a giant ass truck that the russians made and on top of the truck is uh like a missile launcher and the purposes that they use it for is to like knock out ballistic missiles from the sky knock out you know uh satellites 
they they want to use them to knock out like you know aircraft carriers for example or like other ships but also knock out airplanes and these things fly at like the rockets that they shoot fly at Mach 5 meaning five times the speed of sound and that's way 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 faster than even the fastest like jets that we employ right now uh, so the way that they work is that they need very sensitive radar systems. They need very sensitive guidance systems, and they do have those guidance systems. Now, the S-400, S- definitely the S-300, they're not going to see this plane. They're just not going to see it. However, the new S-500 will, or at least a lot of people seem to think that it will. So this is the newest generation of rocket launcher that the Russians have, uh, and it has a beast of a rocket on it. And it's got some pretty sensitive um, sensors. Now, the F-35 also has these, like, active countermeasures. And this is where that, like, computational power comes in. It can jam the signal or, like, make it look like there's two or five planes on the on the thing. You know, do a lot of fucked up things to your electronics. It's like hacking in the sky, right? Uh, but this S-500 is, is evidently has a lot of countermeasures for that. So it can, it's harder to, to hack the systems. To, to put it in a crude way, I don't think I don't think any plane is going to be very good against the S five hundred, and that that might be a game changer. And uh, I guess how it relates to what's going on today is in terms of like geopolitics. Um, Syria has been has been given has has been given S three S three hundreds or S four hundreds. I'm not I'm not I think sure. They S, I think they gave I think they gave them S four hundreds, but I mean. S four hundred. Yeah, they gave them, they gave them S four. The Russia gave Syria S four hundred. I mean, essentially, as a show to keep Israel from bombing them. Right now, like I, I believe Israel, they they're the the primary uh, country that that has the F thirty fives in service. If I'm correct, in service, right? Yeah, in service, in service, right? right. But that, that'll service. change That'll change after Saudi Arabia gets their hands on them. And even Belgium has, like, a bunch of them. And Japan wanted... Belgium just signed a deal for, um, I, with Lockheed Martin. They're... they're um, yeah, I think they're buying were, a whole I think story. In a contract with, mm-hmm. They're, I guess... I, I'm not sure. I didn't really look that far into it. But I guess I know that they, they were using the Typhoon before. And now they're going to the, F, the F-35. Oh, the Typhoon is such a good plane, though. Um, and so we're trying to wrap all this together. I think that... What's the the angle behind the F thirty five is to make a multi role plane, right? One plane that does a bunch of shit and has the best technology inside of it. Because frankly, dogfighting doesn't happen anymore, right? You're not fighting plane to plane anymore. However, what makes me nervous is that they're they're losing a lot of the capability of of, of dogfighting, and it's like, well, you know, war is crazy as shit. What happens if just randomly you're up against a Sukhoi S thirty five or fifty seven? And those planes can, dude. These these planes have these like thrust vectoring, and I'll explain that. It's the the jet engines that you know push the the flames out of the back. They move independently of one another, and they can move up, down, left, right. Like, if you're listening to this, just go on YouTube and look for Sukhoi F Su thirty five or Su fifty seven aerial examples. This thing does backflips in the sky. Like it's it's weird. It looks like it defies gravity. If you were ever in a dogfight with this thing, it's especially in an F-35, it's a lot faster. It's a lot more agile. It's a lot less stealthy. Um, but if for whatever reason you end up in a dogfight with them, that like F-35 is going to lose. 
But again, back to that that major strategy, it's like the U.S. firmly believes that we're just not going to be dogfighting anymore, that that we're just really going to be fighting from a distance, that we're going to use beyond visual, uh, beyond visual range anti-air missiles. So meaning you shoot a missile 180 miles away from the target. You know, it seems like, I don't know, like it is – Here's an open question. I don't know the answer to this as well. And I'm sure anyone who's like, you know, really, really into military technology will probably have a better, um, you know, ear to the ground on this. And just, and, and this is not just for the future. I mean, over the past like 50 years, 60 years, even what military technology or has been more advanced the Soviet Union slash Russia or the United States? Like what country has produced better military technology? I, I, I don't know. And I, I'm asking you, like, what's your opinion on that? I mean, the U.S. hands down. Um, but but again, it's, 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 I think, unfair to ask the question so broadly because it really just depends on application, right? So, yeah, we outspend every military in on the planet 10 times over, you know? Um, Certainly, a lot more than Russia. That that just means you're spending. You're, you're spending. The, a lot. You have the most expense. You have the most expensive military military technology. Right, but, the, but, but the there's best. no there's no there's nothing. You know, uh, don't don't bat an eye at that, dude. It's it's like we have the best everything. Period. Uh, we have the biggest aircraft carriers. We have the best. You know, uh, uh, stealth technology. We have the best planes. Uh, in certain respects, um, we have the best. Uh, uh, we're the best fucking everything, you know, like the best tanks, the best uh, uh, um, armored personnel carriers, you know, like you name it. We have the best ones of that. Now, it depends on the situation, though, because like a lot of people might not know, but we have fewer nukes than Russia does, like a lot fewer. They have bigger nukes than we do. So if we're like just talking about like, hey, let's have a nuclear dick swinging contest, Russia might win that one. I mean, we have enough bombs between the two of us to blow the whole world up you know, hundred times over, but I think it's like, it's like, you know, if you both have a shotgun and you blow each other in the face from, you know, five feet yeah, away, like you're you both know, guaranteed what to die. What, what caliber right. of shotgun you have, exactly. <laughs> you're both, you're going to die anyway. But if you're measuring them, Russia's got the bigger shotgun, you know? Um, so if we're talking about that, that's, that's crazy. Uh, again, we were talking about the S 500, this new, you know, missile launcher, like ground-based missile launcher. That shit is really dope, and and I think that kind of plays into, you know, the the agreement that Trump wants to pull out of the multinational agreement about, um, you know, creating and developing these these missile launchers because I think the S five hundred might be in direct, um, uh, in indirect defiance of said um, international treaties of of like not developing these ridiculous ballistic missiles, um. Yeah, we don't have anything like that, but we might not need anything like that, right? So that, that's the kind of the point, you know. Uh, we have the Patriot missile. That's that's like the closest thing, right? Yeah, and, and but we but we might not need missile launchers, you know. Like like for all we know, the next step is we have a swarm of tiny drones that fly through the air, and like yeah, cool, you have a dope ass missile launcher, but we have a thousand drone. Like it'd be like bat bombs, twenty first century, <laughs> you know, like. Oh God! <laughs> you like like that might not even be relevant, uh, but I definitely think that the S five thousand five hundred presents a really big problem for the F thirty five because you know it 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 sees it from farther away. 
it has really good countermeasures and it it the missile flies a, lot, a hell of a lot faster than the f-35 so here's something that i did want to talk about so we're selling our allegedly dopest plane, most expensive plane to like everyone, right? And I'm I'm kind of thinking that the reason why we do that is because we want to cover the costs of the goddamn plane. Um, but you know what plane we're not selling to everybody? The F-22. And uh, Japan really wants it because Japan doesn't need a multi-role strike fighter like the F-35. Japan needs air superiority because China and Russia keep flying Sukhoi, uh, uh, you know, SU-35s and, and 57s all over their airspace. Well, maybe not in their airspace, but like around it and like basically bothering them and flexing their muscles around them. And, and Japan just really wants a dope air to air fighter, but we don't sell the F 22s, which makes me believe that maybe the F 22s is better than the F 35. And f- uh, well, they just recently wanted the service, right? They wanted, they wanted the service uh, the the, the F 22 wanted the service in what, like 2004, yeah, they're really recent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And aren't the isn't like the speed on that like classified and stuff like don't we well like, the, doesn't or at the least the top, max the speed top is, speeds right? are always technically classified but they have like really good projections on them like it's it's not hard to figure out based on the components that they have in them and the weights and you know just physics so I think most people can math it out um, they're really fast they're not faster than the um, than the Sukhoi fifty sevens though uh, I had this information up uh, let's find out so. As far as the F-22s, so F-22 is actually faster now than I, I misspoke. 1,500 miles per hour uh, with a 1,480-mile range uh, and goes about 65,000 feet high, whereas the SU-57 has uh, um, 1,320 uh, miles per hour, like maximum. So we're talking about like two, almost 200 miles per hour faster F-22 alleged top speed it might go faster than that but really where the su-57 beats the f-22 is the thrust vectoring man like f-22 does have thrust vectoring meaning that again it it like moves the nozzles on the back so that it can turn faster and do crazy shit but the fu-57 and the su-35 they they do backflips it's fucking crazy they they like defy physics so in a in a man-to-man like gunfight like these things are crazy but the S, but but the F twenty twos also have like mad good stealth tech. Again, I know it's like kind of like a a magic mystery for you, but it, like stealth really matters, especially in the sky. Because if you can avoid the dogfight, if you can see first, they, they have a, a saying. It's like first look, first shot. First look for that makes sense to me. That's crazy, man. What does China have? Do you know? Uh, so they have these Chengdu um, planes. They're not. They're not great. I know that uh, China is buying mad SU-57s and SU-35s from Russia. Uh, like a bunch of people have, have been interested, like like the BRICS co- countries, like Brazil and, and South Africa and shit like that. Um, they've all been interested in it, but nobody's ponied up the money except for, for China. They actually put down some money for those SU Sukhoi fighters. And, uh, you know, as as I say, you know, you want to see what's what's next up in the world? Like, look at China. China's, China's really forward thinking. Um, and I think they, you know, we're definitely not selling China any F, F, um, F-35s. But with our president, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. If we did, <laughs> China. we're going to sell China some F-35s. They're going to have to pay more. You know what? They said they wanted, they said they wanted an F-35. You know what I said, China? I can't even do a Trump impression right now. I think this is a good point that to, to actually wrap this thing up. 
because we can go on about there. I mean, I could talk about these planes all. I mean, I can't talk about these planes, but I could hear about these planes all day. It's so interesting to me. It's so interesting to me that the the planes that we made in the seventies are still in service, and how these newer planes, the F thirty five, A, B, and C, or what the C's not out right yet, but whatever. I digress. Um, are are losing in simulations and stuff. It's just like an interesting topic, man. It, it just really depends uh, on how you slice it, man. I it's mean, like if you, if you, yeah, in yeah. a one to one dogfight, like they probably suck, like pretty bad. But you know the way that that war is going, like we're probably never gonna have to get into dogfights again. Like we're just gonna use technology and shit like that. Um, I, I guess. guess. Well, let's hope that we're no, we don't get in the war in general. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't get high on your own supply, right? <laughs> Yeah, don't get don't get high on your own supply. Let's just hope that there is no war. We're uh we're actually no, I was gonna say something fucked up. Oh, I messed up, man. I haven't cursed the entire episode and I finally and I and I just did. Is that, is that something I don't think I've cursed something the entire you're, episode. You've been actively like trying not to do? <laughs> um no, actually not at all. But I was I was thinking in my head I haven't said anything bad this episode. So I felt like it would have been it's it's a um, it's a great episode to showcase to people who are looking for clean not Christian I don't conservative. Think Christians are like <laughs> I cursed a lot, so <laughs> yeah, oh, you I cursed did. a lot. I usually pay. I mean, I don't. When I say cursing, I don't mean cursing as in like saying fuck shit, bitch. I mean saying like just outlandish stuff. Like the if you listen to the last episode, uh it is it gets pretty dicey at the end it gets pretty it gets pretty I dicey swear, every, at the end. every time i, I leave 20, you alone some some new shit happens that uh <laughs> every single time i'm left every single time i'm left alone on this podcast for the audience like it's it's um i don't know i'm still learning how to control a show by myself but it usually gets off the fucking rocker like We'll be talking about something serious at first, and then it will straight up just go into a Howard Stern episode. Like I swear to God, it'll be midgets who are there's there's midget strippers. We have uh, you know, we we have like these crazy characters. We have phone pranks. No, I'm joking. We don't do any of that, but we just talk about crazy, outlandish stuff sometimes. But in the name of good, funny stuff, in the name of good, give content, the people what they want. We want more tits. <laughs> All right, let's end it there. <laughs> All right, peace, everyone. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.